Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. If you want legendary service, if you want sweeter discounts, shop bundling with insurance. See what it's all about. Switch to insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. The only starship in interception range is the Enterprise. Ready or not, she launches it to a power. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the All Things Dave podcast, and I am your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Today, we're talking about our top five classic monster movies, a subject so fun that it could easily be a top 20, but due to the sake of time, we narrowed it down to our favorites. And joining me for this episode, he is the host of the World of Horror podcast. Welcome back to the show, Andy. Hey, Dave. What's up? What's up, Andy? We're going to talk some monsters. Hell yeah. All right, so you wrote down your five classic monster energy drinks, right? Uh, sh- no. <laughs> no, because you don't drink monster, do you? No, I sure don't. That's okay. <laughs> that episode is going to be with Paranormal Pat. It's already on the books. There you go. But, uh, hey, man, people are noticing something a little different. I got a new intro. Oh, Really? Yeah, it sounds uh, interesting. It does, and it also sounds a little sci-fi, a little creepy in the background, and uh, a lot uh, like yeah. your work. Huh, imagine that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Will I ever have a podcast that you don't do the intro to? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. No, it was, it was fun. It was fun working on the project, for sure. Oh, yeah. I loved the original intro, but one day I was just like, I want something that just screams that I'm into sci-fi and horror. And uh, when I heard the intro music and I, and I was helping you decide about some clips, I just wanted to pick some of my favorite clips from sci-fi movies. Spoiler, if I ever do a favorite sci-fi movies. <laughs> there you go. But uh, it just worked. And then, Lord behold, the first episode we do is, is horror. But that's okay, because all things Dave means I love all this shit. 
Yep, it's a mixed bag for sure. <laughs> yeah, man, but isn't that always always the case with me? Like one day it's X-Files, next day it's SpongeBob. Who really knows? Speaking of X-Files, we should do something on X-Files again sometime soon. We should, man, and what he's referring to is a few years ago, dude, what, 2017, 2018, you and I did a uh, run-through of the pilot episode, and it was my first time watching X-Files, like, ever, and I absolutely loved it, and I conversed with Andy I'd like to say on a daily basis, but at worst, a weekly basis, and uh, I know he loves X-Files, and X-Files is one of my favorite shows that I've never, like, binged it, right? I know it's available to stream, and oh, it's gonna happen, but uh, it's one that I love to throw on at night when I'm just kind of hanging out, and I'll watch it, but uh, I'll tell you something I've discovered, Andy. You ready? I'm ready. It is something that even Julie like called out. And when I say even Julie, I mean like I'm more invested in the show than she is. But even she's just like, huh, if it ain't got Mulder, it's not X-Files. And I like uh, the guy that stepped in. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but, you know, T-1000 guy. Um, Robert Patrick, yeah. right? Robert Patrick. Yeah. yeah. But it's a different tone. And uh, it may be great. I may not be giving it its due, but it's definitely different. And different doesn't always mean good. Sometimes it does, but in this case, I, I was a little thrown. And again, just random episodes. I'm sure this is a great story. But uh, man, David Duchovny's cool, isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, the show is is not the same without him. Those later episodes were fine; they were entertaining. But and Robert Patrick, you know, he's he's a great FBI agent. You know, he has the right kind of like persona for that. And then, you know, Scully's great. Um, it's always good to see her, but yeah, it just had it had a little bit different feel to it. Um, you just can't beat those old classic episodes with Mulder and Scully. Um, you know, I especially love the Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that's real fun about that show is it's a combination of sci-fi and horror. But you never know who's gonna pop up. You know, all the guest stars. It's just a good time because it's genuinely somebody who you've seen a million times. You're like, oh shit, I didn't know they did an X Files episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, even uh, Michael Berryman was on one episode. Yep, I actually saw half of that one. And the, here's the reason I say I like to go to sleep to it at night is because I usually don't make it through the whole episode because I put it on when I'm going to bed, and I love to listen to it and watch it. But I purposely don't want to see the whole episode because I do want to binge it, and I don't want to know what happens. I, it's kind of like watching a trailer for every episode. Oh yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That's my excuse, and I'm sticking with it. But Andy, we're to, we're not here to talk X Files, unfortunately. But we are here to talk about some really cool horror movies. Totally my wheelhouse, and I'm so happy that uh, you agreed to do this episode because when it comes down to classic monster movies, they're a dime a dozen, but there can only be five and one honorable mention. So, did you plan an honorable mention? I do have an honor honorable mention. All right, well, let's kick start with you. Go ahead. All right, so uh, you know, first off, you know these movies, um, you know my classic movie list really came from my childhood. Um, growing up, um, I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of horror movies or really any horror movies, but for some reason, uh, my parents kind of let me watch some of these old black and white movies or you know things like that. So anyway, uh, my honorable mention. This is one from my childhood now, which I had the VHS tape for, so I'd watch it a lot. Um, it's called It Came From Outer Space. Awesome. And, yeah. And this one, you don't see the monster a lot. It's like, it's you know, obviously it's aliens. But you, it, they kind of take the form of humans. But, you know, towards the end, you get you actually get a, to see the alien. And it's really cool looking. 
Um, so I just wanted to, to give that one a shout out. I think it's one if if people aren't familiar with, it's, it's definitely one to check out. It's got a little bit of that Invasion of the Body Snatchers vibe to it. But then at the end, you, know, you get some real monster action. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my honorable mention. That's an awesome honorable mention. I love that movie. Uh, I'm a sucker for anything that Jack Arnold does, and I was really excited that Richard uh, Carlson is in that movie. He plays the lead, and he's the astronomer guy. And I'm a sucker for small-town settings. It's always those monster movies that take place, like, in Nevada or Utah or California, you know, the desert, basically totally opposite of where I live <laughs> and you live right now. But uh, cool mention, love a good creature feature, and if it comes from the stars, it's a guaranteed good time, so... That's cool. I didn't know you watched that as a kid. Your parents were awesome. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, my man. My honorable mention is The Monolith Monsters from 1957. And almost same reasons as you, except I didn't watch it as a kid. It was a newer discovery for me. I've only been aware of this movie for about 10 years or so. But The Monolith Monsters is about black rock that grows as tall as towers, right? Like buildings, whenever it's touched by water. And so think of like a meteorite, it breaks apart, people find these black rocks, they want to study it, but all of a sudden the rocks are growing and they don't stop growing. And then they start falling down in the town and they're crushing like houses and streets and farmlands and, you know, cattle's getting, like all these things. And if that isn't enough, Andy, you know what happens if you happen to touch one of these? Yeah, what's that? You turn into stone, dude. Like, you turn into rock inside Ooh. and out. And so, the reason it's an honorable mention is because it didn't make the top five, because it, it can be argued, right? Somebody wants to say, ooh, it's not really a monster movie. Well, you know, it has monsters in the title, and it's a rock from outer space. Is it a living organism? I don't really know. It's not a Star Trek episode. They don't go that deep into it. But it's definitely fun, and uh, it stars Grant Williams, who people might recognize from The Incredible Shrinking Man. And uh, just like the movie you said, uh, it's another small town. And I, I love when a small town has to like band together to fight a force that's greater than themselves. So, yep, honorable mention, Monolith Monsters. Yeah, it's cool that you mentioned that one. That one's always been on my radar. I have not seen it yet. But, yeah, definitely one on my list to check out. I would say since you like It Came From Outer Space, you might like this. Not comparing them too much except in the vein of like somebody could argue it's not a good movie but if you really like it like you're gonna love it and i think you will so those are honorable mentions that means that you're telling me you got five movies that are better than that what you got for number five okay my number five movie is um it's another uh childhood movie that i watched a lot uh because i had the vhs tape this one is called uh, day of the triffids Awesome. And uh, if anybody's not familiar with it, it's basically like, uh, oh, it's like, so it starts off with a meteor shower in the beginning of the movie. And uh, anybody that sees the meteor shower, like the next day, so it's, er, you know, everybody's watching the meteor shower. And so, like, the next day, everybody that watched it is blind, like, they can't see. Now, what came down in the meteor shower was seeds from outer space. And what grew from these seeds are these giant monster plants. So, yeah, you know, the monster looks a little corny. The triffids is what they're called. They look a little corny, a little cheesy, but um, it's it's one that's near and dear to my heart. I, I love the design of the creatures. I love, for some reason, I have a weird fascination with plant monsters. I always wanted a Venus flytrap when I was a kid. I never did get one, but 
uh, this movie just calls falls right in line with that, and uh, I love it. Great movie. I love it as well. It uh, stars Howard Keel, who I know from a lot of musicals, not necessarily monster movies, but musicals. But uh, I have seen Day of the Triffids, and to put it in perspective, not only did you describe it perfectly, I'm just going to sum it up in fewer words and say it's like the happening of 1960s. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan got it here, guys. <laughs> but that's awesome. Killer Plants, always a plus. Might talk about that later. We'll see. All right. Andy, my number five came out in 1959. It's The Tingler. I Ooh, nice choice. Yeah, man. I love William Castle. And you're telling me there's a movie directed by William Castle that stars Vincent Price. How could you not love it? So for anybody that's unfamiliar with The Tingler... It is an overlooked monster movie. I think people really forget about it. Vincent Price, he uh, plays a pathologist who does autopsies on people who die in prison. And he discovers that a parasitic monster lives and grows inside all of us. So suspend, you know, what do they say? Suspension of disbelief here. But basically, whenever you get scared, the tingler climbs up your spine, hence the name, And whenever you scream, it becomes paralyzed and it lets you go. However, if you don't scream, it can in fact attach itself to your spine and snap your vertebrae. And what can I say, man? Vincent Price is the best and he sells it and it's a super fun movie. And Gilbert Godfrey loves it too. So there you go. Hey, you know, it can't be all bad if Gilbert Godfrey loves it. (laughs) (laughs) I love Gilbert Godfrey. He was RIP. He was a great man. But, uh... Yeah, man, uh, William Castle is notorious for all of his works of art, and it just never ceases to amaze me that he is probably one of my top three favorite horror directors of all time. And The Tingler is a movie that I can put on and watch at any point in time, no matter where it's at, and it's all about performance. And Andy, this movie focuses, it has a scene that was used like or inspired in The Blob, where uh, something gets loose inside of a movie theater and causes panic. That's always a good time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned William Castle. Just, I, I wish they would do stuff like that nowadays, have like uh, some kind of like gimmick in the theater. That would be really cool. I'm glad you said that because I was talking to Julie about it last night, and the word gimmick could not come out of my mouth. I, I didn't know what to call it. I even almost called it a hoax. I'm like, it's not a hoax. It's real. But, yeah, so for this movie – they literally rigged up several chairs in the theater randomly to vibrate. And so imagine like, they're like, scream, scream for your lives. And all of a sudden your chairs, like it goes pitch (laughs) black. And then, Oh, Hey, if you want good vibrations, this is where you go. Stay away. Beach boys. So, but, uh, all right, my man, what you got for number four? Well, my, it's funny enough, my number four is also The Tingler. <laughs> Great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah, so this one, you know, like you said, it had Vincent Price. And this is one that I, um, that I had read about as a kid. I never got to see it as a kid, but I read about it. And I just, it's one of those movies I always wanted to see. I just love the premise. Like, you know, you explained it perfectly. You know, this parasitic creature that lives inside your body. You know, we we all have one, I guess, and, and you know, it's, it's just really it just really caught my imagination, and uh, especially you know with the whole theater bit, I I just love that. I mean, I, as a kid, I was a little shit, and I would like prank people and stuff, so I would like I yeah, just like uh, sounded like a lot of fun for me. But uh, 
yeah, this this movie, I mean, it's been a while since I've actually seen the movie, but um, I just love the premise. Uh, you can't go wrong with that, with Vincent Price and, and, and a monster movie, too. Yeah, 100%, my man. And for people out there who have never seen it but want to see it, this is a movie you will find on free... Um, subscriptions or that sounds stupid right free subscription it's not a subscription if it's free but you can stream it for free if you're cool with ads it pops in and out on plex it pops in and out on tubi and it's definitely worth the watch it's also like an hour 20 or something it's not long uh, but it doesn't feel long it's great so all right my man coming in at number four for me 1955 revenge of the creature i'm talking about the first sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. And so in this movie, the creature is indeed captured in the beginning of the film and brought to an aquarium, and he's held captive in a tank, right? They, like, chain him to the ground, and they throw fish in there to feed him. It's horrible. But eventually, it gets good because he escapes, and he terrorizes the town. And it's a cool movie, right? It's not as good as the original, but it's always a good thing to see the creature, right? It's always a plus, and it's always cool to talk about Clint Eastwood's first appearance. So, absolutely awesome Revenge of the Creature, my man. Now, did Clint ever say, go ahead, go ahead, uh, what would he call the creature? Go. What would he call it, punk? I don't know. <laughs> Clint Eastwood go ahead, calls punk, the creature a punk day. bitch. That's funny. Yeah, man. Uh, he shows up in a Speedo and a six-shooter. It's weird. No. <laughs> you familiar yeah. with Revenge of the Creature? Uh, you know what? That's the only creature movie I have not seen. I'm embarrassed to say that. That's okay, my man. It's you know a lot of people have seen the original. Not a lot of people have seen the sequels. I think it's kind of weird that you've seen. Did you see the other sequel? Yeah, I saw okay. the Creature Walks, creature among, walks us. among Us. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, this one it was, in fact, uh, The Revenge of the Creature was directed by Jack Arnold. And he did the original and he did this one. So it's kind of cool to see him uh, return to the reins and do something different with it. And, you know, like I said, I, not to demean it because it's not as good as the first one. It's my number four, so it's obviously a damn good movie. It's a lot of fun, as most of these are. I feel like a broken record because I'm like, it's fun, it's fun. It's because I want people to watch it. But it's really cool to see the creature like pick somebody up and throw them into a tree. Like, I'm down. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, definitely. I need, to, I need to catch that one. Like you said, I've seen the other two. Like, why not see the second one? So, uh, yeah, the, the, creature, the creature from the Black Moon is near, dear to my heart for sure. All right, so my number three, this one that's had uh, – a few different incarnation, reincarnations or whatever you want to say, but uh, I'm going to go with the original here, and it's uh, Howard Hawks, The Thing from Another World. Amazing. Um, you know, this is another one that I read about as a kid, and, you know, it's, it's in all the the books about monster movies, and you, this is, like, front and center usually. Um, you know, it's Matt, Matt Arness, you know, the guy from uh, Gunsmoke, and he's playing kind of a different role in this movie. He's an actually an alien instead of a gunslinger. But, you know, that's okay because he doesn't have to talk. He doesn't have to worry about speaking another language because he doesn't have any words in this movie. But, um, yeah, no, this was a cool movie. It, it had a good story. You know, it. if you're familiar with the story of the thing, which I think most people are if you've seen the 80s version, John Carpenter's The Thing, it follows a pretty similar – the original follows a pretty similar story except for the monsters quite different but um yeah it's a good story cool story uh some good sci-fi action there you know good action with the monster 
I thought they had a really cool concept uh, with the monster, um, you know, with it being a vegetable, you know. <laughs> super carrot. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, super carrot. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Great choice. In fact, my number three is also the thing from another world. So we <laughs> we have some fantastic crossover, and no wonder we're friends. Uh, and I'm going to double down on everything you said, except I'm going to call you out on a joke. And so you said the guy was uh, Matt Arness. It's John or James Arness, but he plays Matt oh, okay. in Gunsmoke. So that's kind of funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I don't know much about Gunsmoke, so I'm not going to say shit. But, dude, um, I'm with you. I love this movie. I think that it is atmospheric. It's quotable. And it has an awesome, like, crazy mad scientist who thinks he can reason with a monster. So I'm like, good luck, dude. Uh, everybody knows it's not about, you know, what you don't understand. It's how you treat it. And uh, we both know that in the book, in the original novella that it comes from, it's... John Carpenter's version is much true to the original, right? And you said it's really cool how they changed this into a vegetable. Clearly they did it because they couldn't afford to make it a shapeshifter like they wanted. But I totally think it works in positive light for them. The creature looks awesome. It's scary as hell. Uh, you know, you open a crate and a dog's head falls out. Like, what the hell's going on? But note to self, if you ever find an alien frozen in ice, don't thaw it. It's bad. Yeah, no. I, that's not microwave pizza there. It's, no, it's not. It's an alien. <laughs> Damn it, you made me hungry, bro. <laughs> so, let's uh, let's have a microwave pizza, and let's talk about our number twos, my man. What you got? All right, so my number two. Uh, this is a movie that I actually didn't see the movie until just recently, but it's one that I've known about forever, you know, since I was a kid as well. Um, and I pretty much knew the story... Um, and this one also has a more recent remake, but that is uh, The Blob with Steve McQueen. Yeah. That's yeah, that's my number two, I think. Um, you know, I just love, like, creatures from space. You know, you got The Blob, and this is such, to me, it, people may think, oh, it's a blob, but it's just a big pile of goo. But it's, it's really a, kind of a, a an original idea if you really think about it. I mean, it's just this stuff that comes in a meteorite and it can just eat whatever and um, it just gets bigger as the movie goes on and it's really like unstoppable to use there's like no way to to kill it apparently and so it's, it's a really scary idea and uh you know i thought the the movie with steve mcqueen was really good and, and i especially like the 80s remake too yeah, my man, I kind of feel like an asshole because I forgot about that movie. That should have been, <laughs> that should have been on my list. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it would be like a number seven or something. The Blob is an awesome movie. You and I have talked about it behind the scenes. I know Johnny Staggs is a fan of it as well. And you're right, the remake is kick-ass. But it's funny to see Steve McQueen in that movie, as old as he is, play a high school student because, damn, they just did that so much back then, dude. Oh, yeah, it's like... 35-year-olds playing 17-year-olds. Yeah, like. say by the bell, Power <laughs> Rangers, it never stops. But uh, good call-out, good movie, and I love the end of that movie with the diner scene. It's super creepy. Oh, for sure, yeah. All right, my man, you said you love creatures, right? Well, I'm going to tell you about a creature. My number two is from 1956, The Creature Walks Among Us, a movie that you have seen. Oh. This one was not directed by Jack Arnold. This is the only one in the series that was not. It was directed by John Sherwood, who uh, Sherwood, who <laughs> he did Monolith Monsters. Can you tell him a fan? But um, what's different is this time the creature is captured by scientists and they turn him into an air breather. 
and he escapes and starts killing people. So it's almost like same old story. However, I feel like this one tops the other sequel because it doesn't focus as much on the love triangle that like the other one does, where this one focuses more on like humanity and who's really the monster. Because you know, I know Brian Terrible Terror. I know you're a fan of these movies, but we all explain how the creature's not really the villain, and it definitely shows in this movie because the creature just wants to go home, and they change his like evolution, his anatomy. And in this movie, he's bigger and he's stronger than ever before. And a lot of people don't care for this version. That's cool, but it's extremely underrated. Uh, I already told you the story's compelling. The carnage is great, but man, I talked about like in Thing from Another World, you have a crazy mad scientist. This movie has another crazy mad scientist, uh, Jeff Morrow. Plays Dr. Burton. People might recognize uh, Jeff Morrow from This Island Earth or one of my personal favorites, The Giant Claw, but he is a great villain. And the end of this movie is bittersweet. Creature Walks Among Us, my number two. Yeah, good choice. I, yeah, it's definitely one of those entertaining movies uh, that I'll definitely pop in from time to time. I honestly so. feel like it gets better the more you watch it. Ah, cool. Andy, we're down to number ones, my man, and I'd be shocked if we didn't share the same number one. But, hell, you've shocked me already. Tell me, what is your number one? Well, uh, this uh, the uh, the monster in this movie has been talked about quite a bit already in this episode, but so I'll just go ahead and drop it. Here it is, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'm proud of that you. That is my number one monster movie. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I will jump in and say it is also my number one. 1954 creature what? from the black lagoon <laughs> don't act shocked my man but you start us off let's talk about it yeah no this one is just a great premise it, it it involves you know scientists going into the jungles and finding an undiscovered species of animal and uh you know fish man and, and even you know so the premise is cool but even the special effects are really awesome i mean for the time you you look at a lot of the monster movies that came out in the 50s like the effects were just not that great, but this one had a really great special effects. Like the monster suit, even though it was a man in a suit, like it looked really good, and I think it kind of holds, still holds up to this day, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on the same page. It's funny because we t- you talk about going to the jungle. It's uh, the Amazon jungle, and I was like, "Where's the warehouse?" You know, Amazon shipping. Huh, <laughs> dad joke. But dude, <laughs> love the gill man and. I agree with everything you said. The special effects are top-notch, but so is the story, the acting. Like, you feel like they really care about this movie, and it shows. I mean, it was number one on both of our lists. The Gilman is freaking awesome. Had two sequels, successful trilogy. But it's really funny because the scientists, they're in over their heads, my man, because this is the creature's backyard, and they're trespassing. And this is an amazing and beautifully shot film. What did you think of, like, the underwater photography and stuff? Oh yeah, the under underwater photography was great. I mean, I don't know how they did it, but yeah, it, that was definitely that must have been a uh, that must have been like a new thing at the time, like you know, kind of cutting edge technology. For sure, my man. And let me tell you, it's not easy to do because I jumped in the bathtub the other day with a waterproof Samsung phone, and I tried to film the creature, and it was like six inches shorter than I anticipated. It's not easy to find, but hey, <laughs> still a good movie regardless. 
well, you know, you uh, didn't have uh, what's her name, Julie Andrews, in the tub with you. You know, I do have a Julie. Though. Oh wait, what's her? Think twice. Oh, <laughs> that's, what you that's, say. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but no, my man, um, it can be a cop out for me to say that the three monster movies on my list are the Gilman films, but I'm not sorry. I love these movies and I should have said this in the beginning, but Andy and I had strict rules on this more of me than him. But when I wanted to do a top five classic monster movie list, it could have easily been all the universal monsters, right? But I knew that was just kind of going overboard and I didn't want to have to pick and choose like that. So I told Andy, I was like, look, Let's do it where our monsters, they can't be human, right? And if they used to be human, but they're now a monster, that's fine. But I don't want them transferring back to human. So that kind of alleviated werewolves. That made me like second think vampires. I wasn't so sure about zombies. I wanted this, and I was hoping that creatures from the stars and creatures from space and stuff would pop up on a list. And I'm so happy we did. I'm super excited uh, that we got to talk about uh, your honorable mention because, man, there were so many movies in the 50s about it and wherever it came from. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it came from beneath the sea. Um, yeah. We had I, it, yeah, I'm the sure terror from beyond space. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. It challenged the world. No, I don't want to be an asshole and be like, yeah, but oh, yeah. it's the monster that challenged the world. But it's comes on the double feature with the it DVD. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, Andy, this is a lot of fun. Um, I'm thinking, you know, we just did top five classic monster movies that we talk about some uh, some classics that are a little more modern, maybe not too modern. So how about we break this up into a three-parter, this one being our classics, and then we'll do something maybe, let's say, 60s uh, through 99, and then we top it off with a 2000 to 2022. Would you be willing to come back for two more monster episodes? Hell yeah, I'm always down to talk about monsters. Yeah, because those drinks are awesome. What? Okay. All right, my <laughs> man, before I let you go, let's talk about uh, what you got going on over on the World of Horror podcast. And if anybody wants to find you, where are you at? Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, so you can. I'm pretty much on like instagram and twitter uh, if you just look up andy estry i'll probably pop up um so yeah so my podcast is called world of horror and uh basically like right now i'm kind of going through like it's a for it's a series called forgotten horrors kind of like grindhouse movies um stuff in those like 50 movie packs you know that are generally regarded as trash i'm i'm kind of looking at each one and kind of digging into it doing a deep dive into the movie and kind of giving you some some history some trivia on the movie and uh, giving you my thoughts on the movie so just having fun with that um yeah it's called world of horror podcast and uh yeah you can find me on twitter um my twitter handle is at black cat podcast and my instagram handle is at andy ustry it's a-n-d-y-u-s-s-e-r-y that's awesome, man. Did you ever realize that your last name almost sounds like a spaceship in Star Trek? It's the USS, and I'm kind of jealous right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if only you'd like Star Trek. <laughs> but, yep, if only. <laughs> but that's cool, man. And as mentioned earlier in the episode, I got an amazing friend here, but he does amazing work on podcast intros. He has a full-time job where he doesn't make podcast intros, but I bet he'd give it up to have a full-time job making podcast intros. So if you like what you hear on this show or any show where I've been the main host, 
you might hit Andy up on one of those feeds and uh, work a deal. He's kind of expensive, but not really if you get to know him. Not to mention, it's <laughs> worth it. But Andy, thanks so much for uh, coming on the episode and talking classic monster movies. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. have it top five classic monster movies what you guys think now i know anybody that knows me knows creature from the black lagoon is my movie that's my number one don't pretend that you didn't know that and a lot of people out there love it you should too but i gotta give some love to the sequels wouldn't be a diehard creature fan if i didn't and i know what you're saying but you have Phantom in your name. How is Phantom of the Opera not the best? Hey man, Lon Chaney is amazing. And it's an amazing silent film movie. But he's a dude who's disfigured, doesn't classify for this list, couldn't make the top five. And that's how I did it. But uh, hey man, if you guys are a fan of Andy, go check out his podcast. I know we plugged it, but I want to do it again. World of Horror. It's awesome. I've been on an episode where we talked about Profundo Rosso. I tried to say it cool, but deep red in Italian. Uh, totally awesome Dario Argento murder mystery movie. I love that damn movie. But I also love monster movies, and I hope you guys too, because Andy and I have booked these other two. You heard it here, and boy, if you thought this one was going to be hard, this next one's going to be really tough, because it's going to cover the span of, hell, let's say 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, right? Therefore... There's so much fair game, and we know, we know, there was a plethora of creature features in the 80s. All these splatter movies. I'm really excited. I'm going to watch some. In fact, I feel like I already know my 20. I mean, five. Yeah, top five with 15 honorable mentions. That's right. But hey, if you want to stay in contact with me, you guys can hit me up. I'm on Twitter, at Dave underscore Phantom. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear if you like the show. And another way that you can do that is to, hey, wherever you listen to podcasts, do the rate, review, subscribe thing. I mean, if you like it, subscribe, because I would love to entertain you longer, right? We all need something to listen to while we drive. If you got those long drives, let me be the guy. Now, if you listen to the show and you like it, it would mean a lot to me to have you tell me about it. I'm not here to climb the charts, right? I don't think I'm ever going to hit that level of being like, hey, you know, the more people can find me if you vote more. That would be awesome. But if I only have X amount of listeners the rest of my life, if these X amount of listeners love my show, that's good enough for me, man. That keeps me doing it. And it would be cool for you to tell me. Hell, you might wind up on the show if we hit it off. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to do that, it would mean so much to me. If this was a one-time listen, I just hoped it was entertaining. So I'll let that be that. My name is Phantom Dark Dave, and you've been listening to the All Things Dave podcast.
It's the greatest story in sports. Guard dropping straight back. Hit as he throws. Has the ball. It is a I'm Doug Russell, and this is Tales from 1265, an insider's look at football's most storied franchise, a franchise that has had its dynasties. This is the first Super Bowl trophy, and uh, it's something Green Bay can keep. We're going to have a, a new trophy each year. And its rebirths. Every major football decision will be made by Ron Wolf. I realize I'm a Green Bay Packer now, and maybe I can prove that I am worth the first-round pick next year, but just got to be patient. But I was really impressed with the coaching staff, with the whole organization, and with the direction that team is going. I think they, they have a total commitment to winning. Tales from 1265 is presented by Nicolay Law, your local award-winning injury lawyers. If you've been injured, get Nicolay, Wisconsin's winning team of lawyers that will get you back in the game. Tales from 1265 is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial.